Welcome to the Choke Business Insights Podcast. On this show, we deliver compelling perspectives on trending topics at the intersection of business and law. Each episode provides a discussion with Choate attorneys on the important issues that matter most to our clients. Hello, and welcome to all of our listeners today. This is the Choate Holland Stewart podcast about existing and upcoming data privacy legislation in the United States. My name is Elizabeth Powers, and I'm of counsel here at Choate. With me today are two of my colleagues from Choate's Data Privacy and Security Group, Preston Bruno, a senior associate, and Gray Lewis, an associate. As we all know, modern life generates vast amounts of data. Some companies have successfully leveraged or monetized the collection, analysis, use, and sale of this data. In light of this data processing, several jurisdictions have crafted laws that govern this area. Perhaps the most well-known of these laws is the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, which governs the personal data of individuals in Europe. However, today we're going to focus on the landscape of comprehensive data privacy laws in the United States and what to expect from future legislation. So Preston, Gray, do you want to discuss what the current landscape is of comprehensive data privacy laws in the United States? Yeah, thank you, Elizabeth. So. Five states have recently enacted comprehensive data privacy laws. Those five states are California, Utah, Colorado, Virginia, and Connecticut. At the same time, in the last year, at least 35 states, the District of Columbia, and the federal government have all had pending comprehensive data privacy bills yet to be passed into law. Looking at the five states that have actually passed comprehensive data privacy laws, we can draw some conclusions. For instance, one big takeaway is that there's no uniformity among these five laws. On the more protective side, we have the California Privacy Rights Act, or the CPRA, which amends the California Consumer Privacy Act, or the CCPA. Um, The CCPA became effective on January 1st, 2020, and the CPRA will become effective on January 1st, 2023. The other end of the spectrum, perhaps the less protective end of the spectrum, we have the Utah Consumer Privacy Act, or UCPA. The UCPA, like the CPRA, will become effective in 2023, occur a bit later in the year um, on December 31st, 2023. If we take these two laws as our comparators, we can think about some key distinctions that are relevant to both businesses and consumers. First, enforcement mechanisms. The CPRA has a private right of action for data breaches under certain circumstances, while the UCPA does not have a private right of action. Notably, however, as the CCPA has shown, there can be litigation even when a statute does not provide for a private right of action. As such, we may expect to see private suits under the UCPA despite the fact that there's no express private right of action in that statute. Another important distinction between these two laws is the right to correct. The CPRA provides consumers the right to correct inaccuracies in their personal information held by organizations. The UCPA does not provide such a right. While this provides greater control to consumers over their information, it also imposes obligations on organizations who hold personal data to establish processes to facilitate data editing and monitoring. Thank you, Preston. 
Ray, are there any other differences that you might want to highlight between the two laws? Thanks, Elizabeth. Another distinction is that the CPRA requires the California Attorney General to issue regulations concerning the processing of personal information that may present a significant risk to consumers' privacy or security. In particular, these regulations require controllers to, one, perform an annual cybersecurity audit, two, submit to the California Privacy Protection Agency on a regular basis a risk assessment with regards to the processing of personal information. These requirements, which may involve hiring an outside vendor to accomplish, would impose a real burden on businesses. Such burdens highlight the importance of considering whether or not to process this data at all. Unlike the CPRA, the UCPA poses no such requirements. Fourth, the CPRA and the UCPA treat so-called sensitive personal information differently. While the scope of sensitive personal information is different under the laws, both cover concepts like sexual orientation and religious beliefs. CPRA requires consumers to consent to the collection and processing of such information. The UCPA provides that consumers may opt out of such processing. This disparate treatment of sensitive personal information will likely have a large impact on the amount of such information that businesses are able to collect based on whether or not they're covered by the CPRA, the UCPA, or both. Altogether, these distinctions illustrate the fact that the UCPA is much less burdensome to businesses than the CPRA. Thank you, Greg. Then where do the other three comprehensive state data privacy laws fall on the spectrum between the California CPRA and the Utah UCPA? Thanks, Elizabeth. That's a great question. As I mentioned before, there's no real uniformity among these laws. But if we're trying to kind of put these into comparative buckets, I would say that the laws in Connecticut, Colorado, and Virginia are somewhere closer to the CPRA than the UCPA. So for instance, all three of these laws include a right to correction like we see under the CPRA, and they also all include the opt-in limitation for the processing of sensitive personal information. At the same time, these laws don't track the CPRA directly, and there are differences. For example, none of these laws provide for a private right of action, an important right under the CPRA. So that's a critical distinction um, establishing that there's really not uniformity here. That's a good point, Preston. Thank you. Gray, what what can we expect from forthcoming data privacy legislation? Do you think it will look more like Utah's law or California's law? Well, first, Elizabeth, we must acknowledge that this legislation is coming, whether we like it or not. It's a given that companies will need to implement data privacy reforms in the near future. Remains to be seen, however, is how extensive those actions must be. For example, the Massachusetts Information Privacy Act, in addition to many other liberal provisions, sought to introduce a private right of action accompanied by massive potential damages, would have opened the floodgates to data privacy litigation. However, a repeat of what we have seen across the country, this bill did not come to fruition. Rather, a modified version, which did not include a private right of action, was passed out of committee, but has stagnated since February in the state Senate. Thank you, Greg. So that's all very interesting. But um, to wrap it up, Preston, what does all this mean for businesses going forward? 
Yeah, thanks, Elizabeth. So going forward, it really depends on where businesses are focused on their activities and where they need to be in compliance with laws and regulations. For instance, if you process personal data in Europe, uh, the GDPR, which you previously mentioned, is probably your primary concern. For processing personal information just in the United States, however, landscape is currently primarily governed by state law, which we've discussed today, and some sector-specific federal laws, such as HIPAA. The state laws I mentioned are developing rapidly, so it is important to keep up to date on the new laws that keep getting passed, as well as the regulations that are issued in association with these laws. For instance, the California Consumer Privacy Agency is currently promulgating regulations under the CPRA. Additionally, in the U.S., it's still important to focus on what's happening at the federal level. There is currently pending federal legislation called the American Data Privacy and Protection Act, which may preempt state law if it were passed, which would effectively nullify these eight privacy laws. FTC is also undertaking rulemaking on privacy and security. But watching out for additional FTC enforcement in this area is likely to be an important move as we look forward. Thank you both for sharing your insights, Preston and Gray. I just wanted to put in a reminder that we are not providing legal advice by this podcast, but we do believe it's important for businesses to remain aware of these laws as they develop over time and reflect how businesses are using personal information and collecting personal information in their businesses. Those of you who are listening, thank you for joining us. We hope that you found this podcast valuable. For more information, please visit www.choat.com. You can also listen to additional podcast episodes in the newsroom of our website and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The information presented in this recording is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice for a specific situation. If you wish to obtain legal advice, you should retain an attorney and explain the facts of your particular situation.